What up? It's your girl, Sierra Danielle, and you are now tuned in to Reup TV Network with 105.1 Live. What is up, everybody? It is your girl, Sierra Danielle, with 105.1 Live, and you are now tuned in to Reup TV Network, and I'm here with Slade the Supreme. I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself, and then we're going to get this thing on the road. You're not going to rock with the world's greatest. I go by the name of Slade the Supreme. I'm here on Reup TV with my girl Sierra Danielle, my bad. <laughs> oh, you good? <laughs> so tell the people like where you from and you know how long you've been in the music game and a little bit about yourself as far as like your background. Um, so I'm from Kenston, North Carolina. Was raised in Kinston? Savannah, oh, Georgia. You're from the Boonie Boonies. Isn't that the country? Don't be disrespectful. Hey, I'm from Oxford. Don't nobody. I mean, I'm from Oxford. I grew up in Oxford. Don't nobody know where that is either. You know, surprisingly, Kenston, North Carolina is like the basketball capital of the world. Per capita. Is it? Yeah, we got the most NBA stars per capita. Really? Who? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh so right now in the league we got Brandon Ingram. And then there's like a whole bunch of uh overseas guys and then we got Jerry Stackhouse going back. Um Cedric Maxwell. There's a whole bunch of like real stars. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, all of them either have rings, well not Reggie Bullock. All of them either have rings or they're all stars. Okay, okay, okay. It's a hoop city. Yeah, okay. Only person that came out of Oxford that I can think of is Isaiah. And he played for Carolina. I don't even know if he's graduated yet. Isaiah who? I think his last name is Thomas. He played for UNC. I don't know if he still plays there. I don't know if he graduated, but he's not in the NBA. He's oh, he, went, okay. he played. He got okay, okay, okay. You know, but yeah. whatever. So you're from Kinston? I'm from Kinston, North Carolina, and I've been doing music for since I was eight. I'm really? 24 now, so 16 years. A lot of the artists that I've had on the show started like as they were a kid, but like, what really does that look like? Like, what did that look like for you? Everybody says it looks different. Like, I've had some artists say that you know they just saw their parents or they were just introduced to music, but like, what did that look like for you? For you to get involved into music? So with me, I was like freestyling off of the dome, like actual like rap battles, <laughs> like in the cafeteria, on the bus, everywhere. Do you remember the first bar you ever wrote? I don't remember the first bar I ever wrote, but I, I I wasn't writing until I turned 16. I remember the first song I ever wrote. You remember the first bar you ever spit? Um, I don't, but I remember where I was, um, what prompted me to do so. You don't remember the punchline or words you rhymed nothing? I was just going off the top. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was the first bar you ever wrote? Um, or what was the first song you ever wrote? Do you remember? I noticed the first song I ever wrote, it was all like in my head. So I sat down and uh, I wrote to this this instrumental that I constructed like totally in my mind, like nowhere else. Um, it was over, uh, I sampled in my head. This is all in my head now. This might. Oh, I uh, definitely understand. Cause that's when I used to write music, that's yeah. how I would do. I would hear it in my mind and write what I heard. Yeah. Not, I, it was hard for me to, I could find an instrumental and write to that, but I just hear stuff in my head. I'm like, I'm gonna write to this. So either we like really crazy or we like true geniuses, you know? Right, we, um, we geniuses, that's the, yeah. So the first thing, uh, it was like in my head was over, uh, Teddy Pendergrass, Turn Off The Light. Turn Off The Light. Yeah, well, was, what was the sample? Um, that was, that was. I mean, like, do you remember how it went? Like if you could <laughs> give me the tune in your head, like. I just remember I was like real keen in on that. Oh my 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 my. Turn off. Oh. Yeah. I'm oh wow. You know, they ain't paid me for my vocals yet, so I can't sing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was. What being, was that song about? I was being grown. Oh. 
Yeah, we're not going to. Well, with the sample, I could understand. Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> being grown. You was being grown. You being fast, as the old people would say. So, like, what what prompted you to even get involved in music? Um, I mean, I was, I was kind of, like, raised in music. Mm-hmm. So, like... Everywhere from my grandmothers to my mother. My mother church. was a choir director. I was about to say it was in the church. Yeah, my mom, uh, my grandma was a choir director. My sister sang. All my sisters sang. I, I, I can hold a note. You can carry a tune in the bucket. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, just them and that influence. And then my oldest sister, uh, she's, like, really into, like, West Coast hip-hop. Uh-huh. Uh, mainly Tupac and she just instilled everything into me then I had the gospel upbringing and then like my mom she was like really into like oldies mm-hmm. so every Luther Vandross song I can I can quote word for word oh, sing every so last you got the good music oh yeah so Teddy so you would you say that you incorporate all of that in your like yeah um and then I grew up in Savannah Georgia so oh that's like the mecca of hip hop today Oh, okay, okay. So what, if somebody were to ask you, like, what is your genre? Like, what would you say? Like, do you classify yourself as a a specific genre artist? Or do you say, like, it's multiple different ones in one? Or it depends on what song you put out? I mean, for me, I'm not, I'm not Dre of the East. Shout out to my brother. Um, (laughs) So I'm I'm just a lyricist, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't say it's like conscious hip hop or anything like that, but it's hip hop slash rap nonetheless. Mm, okay, okay, okay. So, with your childhood, uh, you said that you, I know we spoke a little bit off camera, and you said that you were raised by only women. Do you think like that plays a huge part in the music that you put out now? I do think so. I think I respect women like a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. I try to like watch, especially in my music. Like I try to watch the things what that you I say, say and how you say it. You know, um, I don't, I don't curse in my music. Strictly off of my mom would be listening to my music, <laughs> so I might let a n word fly here or there. But you know, I don't, I don't curse in my music. Do you curse at all? Of course. <laughs> but um, so like with that, like with your music and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um. How do you think it would have been, like, does it, when you hear other artists that necessarily do talk about women in a negative way, yeah. like, what do you think about that type of music? Because as we live in a society, in a music age where the sexualization of women is yeah. out there and rampant. I would say, uh, like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, no, that's bad, that's terrible. <laughs> but I realized, like, people are products of their own environment. Mm-hmm. I understand that I didn't grow up in the environment where that was know, tolerated, that was acceptable, or somebody set that example for you. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I listen to the music, and I probably quote a lot of the music. Um, I love Party Next Door. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's the Toxic King. I can't wait for the album to drop. When is he dropping the album? Uh, March twenty seventh. I'm ready for for that misogyny. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I can't wait. I you can't really, wait. you really think he's misogynistic? party next door i mean i don't listen to i'm not like i don't know his whole like discography and all of his you know repertoire but i got two beautiful women arguing over that's the hardest thing you ever say in a song arguing over me just arguing what song is that i'm gonna go listen to um problems and selfless 
where he was saying, I hope my son has these problems. <laughs> I love it. I love oh it, man. God. Oh, my I, God. I the only one, the, the like, one of my favorite songs about Party, I cannot think of that song, but I wish it was longer. Um, you got to be talking about Carrie. Oh, that's uh, Break from Toronto. I love that song. Oh, and yeah. I wish it was longer. Like, I wish, like, I feel like the interludes and the short songs on, like, albums, like, I feel like those are the songs that need to be, like, full three and a half minute, four minute songs because they be fire. But I think, I think it's, like, strategic. I even do that because I know it leaves people wanting more. Like, one of the uh, favorite songs on my last album, A Quest Called Life, available on all streaming platforms right now. Um... The bad guy in the loop. That's like the shortest song, but people love it so much. And I did that purposely, so you keep streaming it over and over again. <laughs> That's a real business move, because I can tell you, like, when I first heard Break From Toronto, mm -hmm. it was like on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. I was like, oh my God, this, the melodies, the everything, it's like a vibe. Like, yeah. that's like a summer night where you're driving with the windows down, and it's just like, oh, like, yeah, uh. like in the nighttime. Right, exactly. Watch what she doing when the light shine. Bruh, damn. That, that was, was misogyny that, that all was through that song. song. That was a good song. See, I think that with certain songs, I get caught up in like the melodies and the beats. Because mm -hmm. I love a good sample. Or I love a good, like a good production. And sometimes I don't really pay attention to the lyrics. Right. But there are definitely some songs where, like, have you heard HOE by Jenny Aiko, Miguel, and Future? Oh, yeah. This, I heard the original one. Future. Batman is something else. Like he's just like. That's, that's, I love Future too. Off that, you know. Every now and then, you just gotta be toxic, man. No. Yes, yes. You, you think do. you think everybody needs to be a little toxic sometimes? I, I think it's like so, like the Purge movie. I think that's like people's purge. You just gotta be toxic sometimes. You gotta be petty every now and then. You gotta to kind of start add a little razzle dazzle to the, your you life. Know, and you and it and it makes you feel good when you're toxic and it works in your favor. Give me an example. You got me there. <laughs> so, okay. oh, no, every, I mean, everybody likes, like, I'll I make it simple. So, like, when you're on the basketball court and you know you're giving somebody some bucket, did you play sports in school? I did. I played varsity basketball. For oh, years. yeah. So, when you're giving somebody hey, some hey, buckets and you know they can't do nothing to stop you, I'm 6'6. Six, six, I'm but a that's beast. not really, that's not really. No, I'm, I haven't got to the oh, toxic oh, part. Okay, yet. okay, okay. So, you know they can't do nothing to stop you. The coach is calling switches on you. And you just walk over to the coach and you just be like, you know ain't none of them gonna stop me, right? <laughs> you might as well put the whole team you in. Might, you might as well just, just lose. Just take this L. Yeah, that, take was, this L. that was the juice I was on when I played, man. See, I, would, I wouldn't go to the coach. I would go to the players. Like I would talk to the players like, what you gonna do this time? Like, you can't handle me. Like, I played smart, so. Yeah. If you was taller than me and you was like the starting like post play, I played the four and the five. So if you was a starter, I'm like, okay, you that go to, you big, you solid. If I can get you to foul me three times, they're gonna sit you out until the last trouble, two yeah. minutes of the fourth, fourth quarter because they don't want you to fall out. And they're gonna put the runner up on me and then I'm gonna get buckets. The runner, up. <laughs> the runner up, you know what I'm saying? That was toxic in itself. <laughs> right, so that that's that's the wave I was on. You know, I was I played strategic, especially if I knew that you were faster than me. I'm taking charges. <laughs> I'm flopping. 
I'm like, we gonna, I'm gonna get these files, and <laughs> like, they gonna sit you down. I just feel like if you are gonna be toxic, just go all the way to the top. You, you know? gotta go if you are gonna do it. Just do go it all it. Go all to the coach open. and say, hey, you should probably put him in because he can't he hold. Can't, me. He can't, he can't <laughs> hold me, Bruh, You know how many technical files we would probably have? Oh no, you, you just, can get a tech for that, right? You, you just whisper it. You know, <laughs> you just gotta be sneaky. Let me just talk to you for a second. You know, you go over, go over when they, uh, you know. When when they're bringing the ball up the court, just go over to the coach and just bend over and just be like, you might as well put the whole team in because nobody can hold me. Oh, my God. You got to pull it. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, like, yeah, so music. You you started music when you were eight. Wrote your first song when you were 16. What... Describe to me the journey from you being eight to sixteen. That's a whole eight years. Yeah. And what what was that like? Those eight years, getting more and more in depth and more and more involved in the music. Um. So, I say I just I just did it for fun. Like it was that was that was my stress reliever. That was my um. Like your gate, your outlet. Yeah, that was my outlet to mm-hmm. express myself. So, I spent a lot of time just. You know, uh, battling people for fun, like that was that was bragging rights. You know, some people did jokes. You know, played the dozens. Mm-hmm. I took it a step further and I made my dozens rhyme. And you know, I battled people on the buses, um, bleachers, anywhere. All the student uh, assemblies. We was in the back battling. Like, wow. While everything is going, we battling. So, at what point did you begin to take it serious? You um, realize this is what I want to do. So. I guess like my junior year, uh, producer by the name of Jay Trinity. Shout out to Jay Trinity. Yeah. Uh, He came to me. He was like, man, yeah, man, you got, like, you are talented. And I feel like, you know, we could could do something great. Mm -hmm. You know, and we did. You know, so we started Dope Music. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody that's involved with Dope Music. The whole team. Oh, yeah. Um, And then... Like we just grind it, grind it, grind it, grind it, grind it, grind it, build ourselves up. Um, I say my first serious recording, because um, I used to record myself on my laptop mm-hmm. through the input mic, but the first serious recording, it was with that, and we just built ourselves up, and you know, we decided to go separate paths, like recently, but mm-hmm. we, st- we both still in a position where we're well known, still grinding. Um, what was that? Was that a hard decision to make? Um, I mean, people grow different directions. Yeah. You know, so everybody and was the pretty much changes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, people grow different paths. That's what life is. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. We all bind. So sometimes we go this way, sometimes we go together, sometimes we're intertwined, sometimes we're separated. That's true. And then everybody has a season in your life and it's either you there for the long haul or you there for just the season so I definitely understand that so I think I feel like every artist that I've had on the show mm-hmm. that I can think of I met them at Culture Fest last year the culture yeah when, oh, in Charlotte yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where I met you for the first time I've literally oh, met yeah. everybody that I've had on the show at Culture Fest oh yeah that's something big that we do uh, every CIAA sadly sadly we just did the last one I mean you can still do Culture Fest we're gonna, right? we gonna do something different Oh, okay. Okay. We're I understand that. We're gonna do something different. So what what and I always ask, what but what has life been this past year? Because it's almost it's been about a year. Oh uh it has been a year. Um so crazy how a year can fly by so fast. Dropped my first album, solo album by myself. Did mm-hmm. crazy numbers. 
like crazy numbers like numbers are nuts um dropped my first music video ever to what song missing you okay yeah that got a lot of attention um kind of kind of reboosted the marketing for the album and then now i'm on tour so mm. we've been on uh is this the first two you've ever been on oh yeah and what was that like man um totally humbling experience just watching people you know interact with your music watching people show up watching people buy tickets mm-hmm. and then show up just to kick it with you you know mm-hmm. and it's it's humbling because like a lot of times you don't think like this is worth it you know and you do something like that and people show up like, pure support they're not gaining anything from this and simply because they vibe you. with your music yeah and I know that's a good feeling. Oh, yeah, man. So who, who all went on the tour? So it was me, my brother, Dre of the East, and ex-Brody, which is my other brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got together, brought our fan bases together, and we did uh, three sold-out tours. Mm. I mean, three sold-out shows, my bad. Where? Um, so first sold-out show was in Charlotte. Second sold-out show was Winston. One right after that. Um, had a good turnout in Fayetteville Had a good turnout in Raleigh Almost sold out those shows But didn't quite get there Then we did the Culture for, Which was like the, basically the, a part of the tour uh-huh. Sold that out And we got one more show to do We're still trying to schedule it But yeah. Wow, that's good yeah. So when How does it feel Like this whole journey Like you started music when you were 8 You really started writing when you were 16 and now you're 24, about to be 25, you said? 24, about to be 25. How many How many years is that? 16 to 25? Um, That is 17 Nine. years. Nine. Wait. Nine. Well, I started at eight. So eight, 16, 24. So that'll be eight years from 16 to 24? We not yes, math majors. 16 to 24, yeah. Eight. So this is another eight My years. Bad. So this is literally seasons. So yeah. you had you started at eight years old, mm-hmm. sixteen, and now here you are at twenty four. Mm-hmm. Like the past eight years per se. Like what has that been like for you? When you first um, started taking it serious, like I'm gonna write, I'm gonna start writing, I'm gonna start making songs. So when like, I went, what's the biggest lesson you've learned? I say the biggest lesson so far has been to stay consistent. Just find mm-hmm. a way, no matter what, to stay consistent stay resilient and work like just work hard you know um i say don't worry about the numbers so much Mm -hmm. try to work on just being better every time you come out staying resilient and then doubling up on your work ethic um try to double up on your numbers but if you don't make that just try to do better than before yeah. yeah just keep progressing so have you ever thought about quitting Every day. Really? Yeah. I thought about quitting on a bigger scale, to say the least. Like, really? Like, not even doing it anymore? Yeah, like, life. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, um, even the Dream Theory album, which was the last dope music album, mm-hmm. I talked about that, like, all through the album. I don't know if what, you... What prompted that? If you feel um, comfortable talking about that? Just not being where I wanted to be. And you felt, like, inadequate because of that. And, I mean, it's like, so not being where you want to be because you're 
you're not looking at it from a, a perfect perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody looks at life like I got to be here. here by this time and it has to be yeah. just like this. And who gave you those those limits to your life? Yeah. That's what that's what you really got to look I at. I feel like that stems from comparison. We see yeah. somebody else and we think that we're supposed to be with that. Exactly. So I took a long look at my life and I realized that I didn't have to compare myself to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. I couldn't look at somebody else's blessings. I got this thing that I say. It's like, have you ever put Bojangles, chicken fingers, and Chick-fil-A sauce? I have. <laughs> and you realize how it just doesn't have that Bojangles taste anymore. Yes. Because that blessing wasn't meant for that. You know. Oh, that's a word. The spices that they got in the sauces for Chick-fil-A are not meant to coincide with the chicken and the spices that are put in the chicken at Bojangles. So it's like, if those two don't match, how can you be banned about somebody else's blessing when it's not tailor-made for you? And your blessing that's tailor-made for you will be... Yeah. Yeah. Perfect for you. Yeah. Perfect for your life. It'll come right at the perfect time. Everything will happen at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. I know it's weird. I'm a big boy. I like to eat. So, you know, I, I put no, that together I, I, like I, off that. I, I can eat, too. I love food. So, I love talking yeah. about food. So, you eat, ain't no shame in my game. Yeah. So... The aftermath, deciding that that's not the route that you wanted to take and realizing that you had a purpose here. And I'm glad. I'm glad that you, you know, realized that um, because I'm a big advocate for mental health and it's not talked about enough in the black community, especially younger black children and people our age. You know, we were always told what happens in South stays in this house. Or we we don't have anything to be depressed about or worried about. And, you know, you know, the typical things that older, older people say. So, like realizing okay it's like it's like we're gonna go through the, the, the timeline you know feeling like you didn't want to exist anymore right and then getting to the point where you talk yourself off of the edge and then now you're like okay i can't do this i i'm i'm deserved to be here i need to be here and you yeah. want to pursue it and continue pursuing it what was that like picking yourself back up what was that like um it was a, a difficult process to say the least mm-hmm. you know um just it's like changing your mindset. So when you think a certain way or you you have a certain drive about you where it's like, if this don't work, this is my only other option. Right. Because I don't want to live unhappy. But and realizing... Like you had to settle. Yeah. Like, but you have to realize that happiness is all perception. Right. So how can somebody that has 10 times less than me be happy with what they have? It's because that nine times out of 10, they either haven't seen better or they haven't wanted for better. Mm-hmm. Or even if they want it or for they better, they with where they are. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times we just have to deal with that that perception that, hey, just because you're not where you want to be, it doesn't mean that you're in a bad place. Yeah. Like I had, I talked to my mom. She was like, "Well, look at your life. You went to college. You graduated. You're ahead of a good bit of the world. Yeah, especially the black community. You got a degree. You got something to fall back on." You have a roof over your head. You're better than a good percentage of the world. Mm-hmm. You got a car to drive. You're better than a good percentage. Like, you're, you're in a better... Yeah. not saying that I'm better than anybody, but... But just your I'm circumstances. A, a lot of times, yeah. when we're focused on what we don't have, we kind of miss Correct. what we have. And then, she, she I think the, the part that really swung home is, like, you're working to get where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You're better than a 95% of the world. Yeah. Because 95% of people are not working to be where they want to be. You're in a position where you can work. Mm-hmm. And nothing can stop you. 
but you. Yeah. So just grasping that perception and changing my mindset was the hardest part. But once I got over that hump, it's like, okay, wow. Once you created it a habit, like you had to unlearn the bad habits and create new habits. Right. Was, um, was your girlfriend any, like, was it like a, a big help for you? Was this, did this occur during this time frame? Um, so yeah, yes and no, she didn't really know mm-hmm. more so than anything until like the album came out. Cause I kind of, I kind of, I isolate myself when I go through situations. I feel like everybody, I feel like a lot of people do that. Yeah. And you know, because we don't want to be burdens to other people. We don't feel like, you know, we don't feel like people will actually love us anymore. If we actually show them. Right. That side of us, yeah, yeah. And I put it, I put it all in the music, you know, because I had a song called Kentucky, which the lyrics are literally, "Sorry, Mama, lately I've been dealing with depression. It's been weighing on my chest. It was this, it was death. I've been giving it my best. I see Nick in words, give it less. You can cuss. No. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> Every episode, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make a compilation of audio where people like slip up. And, oh, can I cuss? Like everybody does that. Every oh, yeah. show. I think you say N word on the radio um, a certain amount of times too, based on the FCC regulations. But I just what I, nigga, you can say that on the radio. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely. Really? Yeah. Like on like it's radio a, stations. It's a limited amount of times that you can say it, but in yeah. one recording. Yeah, in like a certain time period. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow, did not know it's that like at you all. Get, you can say it on the uh, TV too. Just most like places just tell you not to. Did not know that. But going back to the, uh, what I was talking about, um, so I put it all in the music, and people just took it, and they were like, yo, this is my favorite song. I love this song, this, that, and the third. It's like, honestly, I felt like nobody cared. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what up? Uh, what? Because people can relate to it. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they just took the message and, and said, oh, well, I mean, whatever. So what did, what did your, um, so she listened to it, and that's when she kind of figured out how bad it really was. Not really, but she she kind of sensed like something was off, mm-hmm. and you know. Yeah, when you were with somebody that long, you know, like what's yeah. up? Like, and 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 she kind of like talked me back into it. But I think, I think more so than not, Jay kind of saved me. You know, mm-hmm. as far as like, cause it was about to be done, and then the situation happened. We was like, "Yo, can you create?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's work." And I got in the studio, I started about working. Jay? Yeah, Jay Trinity. So did you does he know that? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure actually. You should tell him that. Maybe. That can be like a bro moment, like a bonding moment. You don't gotta just call him right now after this and be like, yo, I gotta tell you so. But like, you know, Maybe. let it come out organically. Cause that's yeah. beautiful. He yeah. probably don't even know that. Yeah, but it's been known. Yeah. Yeah. I put it in the music, like I said. <laughs> so how how do you balance like being in a relationship and then being in music? Um I know, but being in a relationship sometimes like feel like a full time job. I see my show. They really don't like. She don't bug like that. Like That's she understands though. like what I'm working for, and like she don't trip. She don't trip about girls like going nuts and stuff like that. Like she don't trip. Cause yeah, I feel like I feel like dating anyone. I feel like on a certain level, you date somebody, cool. You gotta be okay that you know just how you found them attractive, somebody else finds them attractive. But I feel like when it's like people who have like a following, yeah, and like 
our like influences whether it be music or social media or whatever the case may be i feel like it takes another type of security to deal with that because people are literally going to come for you strictly off the fact that they know you're a rapper and they know you and it's like it's like i know myself and Mm -hmm. she knows me like i would never give her a reason to even question you know, mm-hmm. I give her a sense of security mm-hmm. based off the way that I move. It's like and the way that you treat her. Yeah, and I mean, like I talked to my shorty about everything. Like everybody sliding my DMs, you sliding the ideas. So. That's what's up. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be, right there. Yeah. That is how it's supposed to be. That's dope. That's really dope. Yeah, I'll be telling my girl. Ha- has has it has it been a time where a girl like really says something outlandish to you in the DM? Plenty of times. Do they be they be like that? We're not just gonna like blast my DMs, but yeah. No, I mean like, cause, cause I've asked people that before, and they're like, yeah, girls be saying like really crazy stuff. So, like, I'm like, wow, like I could never fathom. Like, I mean, I get it too. Dudes, dudes, I feel like are worse, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never said some of the stuff that be in my DMs in my life. Really? And I don't know anybody that would say anything like, yeah. They be raunchy like that. It's wild. Oh my god. Have it, has it ever been a, a time where it happened, like, at a show? And they, like, tried to, like, come up to you and be outlandish? Or they not that bold? Not outlandish, but... Forward. There's, there's been things, yeah. <laughs> How do you handle that? I just be like, uh... <laughs> I'd be like, oh, oh thanks. All right. All right. <laughs> and then I, you know... I, I got a real good relationship with my guys. Like I can, we can give looks to each other to, to make oh, each every, other. Oh, everybody know that look when you and see your friend. Like, like and I'd be like, they'd be like, "Hey, Slade," I'd be like, "What up, man?" Or sometimes, <laughs> if I know somebody's coming to a show that's like on some crazy stuff, like I, I tell them before and like, "Yo, if you see me talking to anybody too long, and like I look uncomfortable, call me." Wait, so you be knowing if somebody's coming ahead of time? How do you know that? Cause they be in my DMs telling me. Really? Like, I'm gonna come to your show, like, Yeah. I'm gonna see you. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh my god. How does that feel? I don't know. I've been ugly all my life, so you know, <laughs> it's kind of feel good. You know, you laugh a little too what hard at that. No, real. because like the way you said that, and then on top of that, how does your how, when you told your girl, like, how what was her reaction? She's. I think she be you know like, I think she just take notes, like oh. Is that how Noted. we get now? Yeah. Noted. Why don't she know this? Then I don't know what she doesn't know. You know, that's your friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, so I'm gonna relay back in. Back to the music. Back to yeah. the music. So as far as the creating process and you really getting to, you've reached a a very a very pivotal point in your career where you actually you put out your first album. You're touring. How how was preparing for the album? Because I know before, so before you would classify them as like mixtapes and like just EPs, um, or what would you classify your other your previous releases? I say I stopped I stopped doing mixtapes. Uh, twenty fourteen, uh-huh. twenty fourteen was my last mixtape. Mm-hmm. So after that, it was, I mean we call them projects, but technically they were albums based on you know like a Grammy collective standards. of songs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. When I say my first album, I mean like my first solo album, which dropped 2019. Mm-hmm. So, how, what was it like preparing for that? Um, so like I'm a real thought out person. So, Would I you like say you're a perfectionist. Market. Of course, I'm a Leo. So, more so than anything, it's like stuff got to be right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and just like I like marketing already in place, so I know what 
the marketing scheme is that I'm going to use. Um, I like promo items already in place. That's why I, like, I'm so hands-on. I do all my graphic work. I produce the whole album. Um, and just everything, like, and it was a learning process for me because, like, beforehand, like, Jay was handling all the Everything. engineering and production, and then I was the writing and pretty much like that's all you had to worry about the marketing and all that type of stuff. So we had a, a good split going on, mm -hmm. and then fast forward, you know, everything is me. I got to do this. I got to do the, that. You the you the background in the in the front and center. Yeah. So it's like, how was that adjustment? Was it a hard adjustment to make, or? I say the learning process was mm -hmm. hard. Um, just finding the things that I did want to use, making the necessary changes, finding out how to make, how to fix a problem. Like I've always had a good ear, so I can hear if something's not full enough, mm -hmm. or if something's empty on this part. Well, how do I fill it up? And just searching for the answers. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest part. But everything other than that was pretty much easy. Like the engineering, mastering, and mixing and stuff. I got that all down to a so science, science yeah yeah oh wow what was your favorite song on that project all of them like it's like asking me to choose my favorite child <laughs> i mean you didn't have a song that just really like spoke to you i mean i know they all spoke to you because you literally made those songs but like all of them i mean all of them has like their special places in my life like, so they all mean a lot to you for different reasons, so it's hard to compare. If I listen to the album 11 times, I have 11 uh, favorite songs every time I play it. As you should. Yeah. Because that's you. That's you. What, um, what's been your favorite collab? My favorite collab I've ever done was on the Dope Music Project. It's mm -hmm. called The Dream Theory. Um, I say it's a song called Smile More. Mm. Um, so I had like, just two dope rappers. Just, on it yeah two two real talented individuals shout out to my brother swank and shout hey, out yo. to my brother cosmic um swank was on here too was he mm -hmm. swank and king draft yeah you just you i told you i was i i, I hit up all of y'all you just jacked my show and just you know. i was like <laughs> what's up y'all come on I yeah, told you, literally everybody that I've had on the show so far, I met them at Culture Fest last year. And I'm happy that you grinded and you came out and you networked. That's like that's that was the sole intention of the event to bring and I people came, out. I was like, to I, network. Meet. I met I met Meek from Young Bull. Yeah, that's my boy. He was on here. Yeah, that's my boy. I met I met Dre. Dre. I met Swank. I met you. Chino. I met the whole band. Yeah. I met Else was Shout out show. to 601 Those are my brothers They were on tour with me too I met Tati Me and Tati are like Really close friends now That's my sister man Shout out That's to Tati Shout out to Tati AKA At Clap for Breezy On Instagram That's my girl Um, Yeah I met a lot of Dope people and me and Tati are still friends to this day. Like, that's my homegirl. We and just celebrated our friend anniversary, like, not too long ago. That's literally, like, that's what I was trying to, that's what I tried to tell people in the promo. It's like, my events aren't just, like, events where you just come and see me do whatever and I do. And then you leave. Yeah. It's like, we set it up specifically for people to make the connections, for people to network their, their things, you know. And now you got a whole show. I won't say it's based off because I don't want to disrespect anything. But, but you got, you met a whole bunch of people and you networked, you came through and you did exactly what the event was meant for. Mm -hmm. And now you're, you're, you're benefiting off fizzle. of There was something else I was about to ask you. Oh, so how do you plan on doing that more in the future? Because I was just talking to one of my friends about this yesterday about 
people our age and like the networks that we have, the groups that we have, yeah. we have a lot of talented individuals. Yeah. We got artists, singers, rappers, videographers, photographers, hosts, makeup artists. Every, you name it, we got it. Right. Like, in your mind, in your opinion, what can we do? Because I, I was talking about, to her about doing more events, about creating a strong network, like a millennial network. Because the Charlotte, Winston, Greensboro, Raleigh, Durham area, like that's a strong solid network so i can't give you all the details but just know you know the culture is never school, gonna school. die you know you heard it here first people the culture the is school, never school. gonna die i got this school. you got this if you ever need a host or a, a person to interview while we there you know you know who to call oh yeah you know, oh yeah shit. shout out to sierra Daniel. you know what it is re-up tv push the start podcast 105 I'm reminded. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's after this? I know you said your next event was uh, the last tour that you're the last show that you're doing. Right. What's what else is happening in 2024? Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm gonna announce it. Yeah, mm. I'll give you the I'll give you a scoop. Scoop scoop. scoop. Um, so I had I had this playlist that I put together. It's called the Carolina Shuffle, right? Oh, and it's it's like. Just me doing what I always do and showing love to everybody that I, yeah. that I rock with, you know. So I put out um, a playlist just like of all the people that I've listened to, indie artists, all the indie artists that I've listened to um, and loved so far. And I put them in a playlist. I curated it. I arranged it in a way that it flows real smooth. Um, so I'm putting together a show for that. Wow. That's dope. Make sure I get an invite because I'm there. I don't. I live in Durham, but I will drive to Charlotte. I will drive. Ironically, Raleigh. it's gonna be in Raleigh. But what do you know? Look at God. Look at God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's see how much time we got. Tell the people where they can follow you. Tell the people where they can get all your music, and they can hit you up for booking everything. Collect the bag. You just just market yourself. Go. So. Um, just follow me at Slade the Supreme S L A D E T H E S U P R E M E. Yes, I was a spelling bee champ back in school. Um, if you want to book me or want a question about feature prices or anything like that, email me at Slade the Supreme at gmail.com. Um, and if you can't find it for some reason, just search Slade the Supreme on Google and I'll pop up. Oh, he said Google me. Yeah. Google me. Well, that is a wrap for episode seven of Reup TV Network with your girl Sierra Danielle featuring Slade, the Supreme. You're not gonna rock with the world's greatest. Um, be be able to be sure to stay tuned for all the links that's coming soon, all the promos, everything. Tune in and make sure you tell your mama, daddy, sister, brother, boo thing, side piece, whatever. Um, so yeah, keep it keep it popping, stay tuned, and we out. Shout out to the two five and the nine one nine and the two two eight. And the 336. And only the 252. And the 704. And only the 252. No, we're going to shout out to everybody. <laughs> and only the 252. And we out. <laughs>